guys, and welcome back to Happy and Healthy. Happy Tuesday. I hope you guys are enjoying your day today. Um, I am feeling a little under the weather. I've had a headache for literally nine days now. So if you're like, you should go to the doctor, you're absolutely right. I probably should, and I'm going to do that tomorrow. So that's been kind of a little bit of a bummer, but... All that to say, I'm still doing very well, so happy Tuesday. If this is your first time listening to my podcast, my name is Janine Amapola, and I love to help you guys. Um, The reason why I started this podcast was because I want people to thrive in their lives. I know that life can be difficult. I know that there's you know, there's no promise of being happy or fulfilled or whatever. However, you know, I talk about these certain things because I do believe that through Christ we can find joy and fulfillment in life. And that is why this podcast is mainly faith-based. And so you'll hear me talk about these things all the time from, you know, God's perspective through the Bible, through the lens of Christ. And I believe that is the way to find true fulfillment, true contentment, and true joy. And so I hope you will stick around for more of my episodes. Um, If you are a returning listener, then you know I share a lot of voice memos from my listeners. So there's this feature on Anchor where you guys can do that. If you just go to the show notes down below in the podcast or even on the YouTube channel. If you guys don't know, we post these on YouTube as well. If you want to watch this interview with Jenny Allen, Um, we post these in there. So I wanted just to really quickly feature a voice memo from a listener. Her name is Laura, and I love to feature these just because I think it's really cool just to get to interact with y'all and hear your voices and hear what you guys have to say. So let's listen to this from Laura. Hey, Janine. I just wanted to thank you. My daughter listened to your podcast. She had a big decision about school and whether she should transfer from Colorado State University to Grand Canyon University, which is a um, private Christian school. And she just told me that she decided to do it. And it was after listening to your podcast. So thank you and God bless you. Bye. That is like literally the most encouraging thing to hear. Like that is exactly like why I do this podcast. If I can help one person, I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's such a blessing. I'm not this amazing person, but if I can at least have some sort of tool or anything to help you guys, that is my goal. Um, And so I really do believe that this podcast is making a difference. It's just really crazy to see the journey I've had with this podcast. I didn't really know exactly where it was going to go, but I've just seen so much just fruit from it and encouragement and people just finding freedom from it. And that is just what keeps me going. And so thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for donating if you do. And just for sharing this on Instagram, it means so much to me. Um, And I do believe that today's episode is going to help you guys out. It's all about finding your people, finding community, dealing with loneliness, anxiety, and all those things. So we are going to be bringing on my mentor, my friend, someone I look up to. Her name is Jenny Allen. Um, She is someone I met um, last year, and I'm uh, I'm being mentored by her and a couple other girls, or with a couple other girls once a month. And she just is, is, she's amazing, like genuinely. Like before I met her, I didn't know very much about her, but I just had heard her name. I knew she was an author. And let me tell you, Jenny is the real deal. She is so humble, so wise. She, I mean, literally anything she says, I'm just like, like if you're watching the YouTube video, you can see my mouth open. But if you're listening, my mouth is wide open all the time because I'm like, dang, like she popped off when she said that. Like this woman is incredible. She is who she says she is. And I will proudly back her and support her in anything that she does because 
I believe in her. I believe in what she's doing. And I think this book is going to be super beneficial for y'all to check out. And so I really hope you guys enjoy today's episode with her. Um, Jenny is an author. She's a speaker. She writes devotionals, books. She's a mom. She's a wife. She's the founder of If, if Gathering, which I will also be going to. It's March 5th through the 4th or the 5th. And she'll talk about that at the end of this podcast. And she's just an amazing human being. And I really think if you're struggling with this area of community or loneliness, this book will be incredible for y'all. So definitely check it out. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And let's just get right into it. All right. Yay, Jenny. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. Oh my gosh, Janine. I mean, y'all, this is one of my girls. Oh. I'm so grateful for you. I'm, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for you. Um, backstory for those that don't know, Jenny and I, we met probably, was it this, when, when, when did we meet again? 2021 around May? Yeah. Yep. Yes. And she's one of my, my mentors. You're an author, you're a speaker, you're the founder of if gathering, you're a mom, you're a wife. Literally. What, what do you not do, Jenny? What do you not do? I don't know, but I feel tired with you saying all that. <laughs> well, you're, you're um, going through a lot. I mean, you literally are yeah. launching this book and I can only imagine what your time schedule is looking like right now. So are you, yeah. how are you holding up? I mean, it's so fun. And that's what I have to remember all the time is I get to do this. And yes. we have a saying around if gathering that says, can you believe we get to do this? Because it's so easy to feel like, gosh, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of people that need us. And, and I really like that framework around everything I do. Can you believe we get to do this? And it's true. Everything yeah. I get to do right now is such a blessing. And so I just keep coming back to that. And, and honestly, we'll get through it, right? It's like, mm -hmm. I'll get to the other side. I hope that I have enjoyed it along the way, not just been like white knuckling through. Yeah. Well, I think you're going to get through it. I've seen you get through it before and you are such an inspiration to so many people. You're an inspiration to me, to I know my roommate, to, to Maddie, to so many other women. And so thank you for just being who you are, being such a good example. I literally feel like whenever I ask you a question, you always have the most perfect answer. I'm like, did she like, you know, prepare this before? Like every time I'm like, how did she know how to say that? Um, so thank you for just being such an inspiration to this generation. And I think you have such a cool voice. Your story is really unique. And so I guess before I get any further, maybe you, you just introduce yourself a little bit more to people that maybe don't know you and share a little bit of your story. And then we'll get into your new book, which I'm super excited to talk about. Sure. Okay. Well, that's fun. I, I grew up, um, in a Christian home and I, but I fell in love with God in a huge way when I was 17 years old at a summer camp. And I would say that set off a whole different trajectory for my life because I was so in love with him and I found him so compelling that I wanted to give my whole life to him. And I would say I've really never gotten over that. And that has looked like a lot of different things in a lot of different seasons. And there have been seasons where I was a stay-at-home mom and that was what that looked like for a decade of my life. And there were seasons I was a church planner's wife and we were church planning and building a church and that was overwhelming in a decade or more of my life. And then lately it has looked like discipling people like you mm -hmm. and others in my life and those words and resources um, going into the world in a bigger way. And so I would say a lot of what I do is is give people God and I don't really care the format. So whether that's podcasting mm -hmm. or leading If Gathering, which is a big event, um, March 4th and 5th, where people gather all over the world digitally, or whether it's writing a book or writing a Bible study, all that to me are just avenues to help people connect with God and each other. 
That is amazing. And I think the thing that's really cool and unique about you is that you kind of just like fell into this. Like this is not something that you were like, I want to be an influencer or like anything, which I wouldn't even like consider you an influencer. Like I really, I'm like, no, she's a speaker and she's a writer and you know, but I think it's really cool that you use something that God gave you. It was a gift. It was a passion you had, a talent you had. And then it developed like God was the one like you might have planted some seeds, but God was the one that watered it. And now it's like so cool. Like you literally spoke at passion to thousands of people and you took it home. I mean, I was sitting there feeling convicted. I was like, oh, crap. Jenny's calling (laughs) me out. But I loved it. And so it's just really cool to see Mm -hmm. your journey. Um, And that's been amazing. Um, but the next thing that you're doing is you're launching a book, which is so exciting. It's called find your people. Can you please tell us about the book? Why this book? Why now? And just like kind of the inspiration behind the book. Yeah. Well, people have never been lonelier and before the pandemic, this was true. In fact, we are part of the loneliest generation that has ever lived on earth, which is super ironic because there's more people than there has Mm -hmm. ever been. And there's more connection in the form of social media and technology than there's ever been. And yet our bodies and our minds were not built to carry all of those relationships and connections. We were actually built with a capacity of about 150 people. That was, that's the most we can know about. After that, our brains just, you know, we we can't handle it. And so when you look back throughout history, which is what I did in this project, I looked at history, I looked at other cultures, I looked at science and I looked at the Bible and I said, okay, God, how are we meant to live? Will you show me? How are we meant to live? And I was so bothered by how wrong we're doing it. We are doing it all wrong. We are not in interdependent relationships where we're sharing everything and we're totally known and we totally know other people and we're running together day in and day out and raising our kids together and doing our work together and doing our um, errands together and our workouts together. We're, we're isolated. And so it's one thing I love about following you you and Maddie because there is a togetherness in you that yeah. I think everybody looks at and they crave it. And it's not just that y'all are beautiful and successful. It's that you truly are for each other. And I think that's the thing we're all craving is we're craving for somebody to be for us. My friend that's a uh, neuroscientist slash psychiatrist, he says, his name's Kurt Thompson, and he says, we all come into the world looking for someone looking for us. We're born as an infant looking for someone looking for us. And we really never outgrow that. We, we crave that all the days that we're alive. We are communal people. That's how we were built by God. And so when you think about that, then you think, okay, well, that ache that I feel, you know, am I the only person that feels that way? It feels like everybody else has their friends. And that's not true. Again, the, the research says three and five were lonely prior to the pandemic. So that means post-pandemic, four out of five five out of five are probably feeling this. Mm. And so what's encouraging about that is that you're not alone and feeling alone. And so that means that other people are looking for their people too. So we're all craving this and we want so badly for somebody to say, Hey, I need you. That's what we're looking for. We actually are looking for somebody to need us. It's weird for so long in my friendships. I thought I don't want to be needy. I don't want to bring a problem. I don't want to share something that, that I suck all the oxygen out of the room and I'm talking too long. And um, it's funny because some of my friends are here and, and I've learned, I've learned to do this, but they would tell you, like, I don't naturally do it to some degree. They have to make me do it. It's not easy for me, but I've learned how valuable it is. And I've learned that living in a bubble of, of independence is, is less messy. In some ways it's easier but I mean, I would say in all the ways, it's probably easier to be in your robe and watch Netflix than to 
get into the kind of community I'm talking about and God's called us to, but it's not living and it's not how we were built to live. And so there will be an ache in us as long as this doesn't exist. And, and it's deeper than that. It's, it's worse than that. We'll miss all that we were built for because most of the Bible, most of the book was about relationships. It was all told in the context of, of villages and, and nations and local churches and communities. It's all built to people, right? Like that's how God was speaking. And so we're missing the best parts of life and the most meaningful parts of life because we're afraid of it getting messy. Mm. Do y'all see why I let this woman speak into my life? <laughs> that was so good. And I feel like to kind of sum it up, it's like we all want to belong. We all want to fit in. We all want to feel like someone knows us deeply to be known. And I don't think a lot of people know how to give the verbiage to it. They're kind of sad or they're wandering through life yeah. and they're very complacent and they're comfortable, but they're just at the end of the day kind of like, why do I feel like this? Because there's no one asking them, how are you doing? Calling them higher. Like it's not fun to be pruned and to be called out, but it is a vital part of life. Like the best times that I learned and grew was when people called me out and asked me like, what is really going on? And then once you feel known, like you think it's going to be this like counter counterintuitive thing, like, oh, once they know, then they're going to hate me, but it actually brings you closer and closer. And there's like more intimacy within that friendship. And I think that's something I've found. And I'm sure that's something your book talks about. Um, and so I love what well, you said that. And let's go deeper than that. It's even more than that because our brains are, you know, there's, there's a little bit of all of us, I think that thinks, what's the point? Like, why would I go and share what's going on in my life? It's feels kind of futile. They can't necessarily solve my problem. I don't know that I want them to, that doesn't always feel good. Um, even though I love my problem to go away, it doesn't feel good to get advice. Like right when you share a problem, what are we, what do we think is going to happen? You know? And I think for a long time, that's what kept me from doing it. I just didn't see the point. And, and what's deeper on a deeper level than just belonging and a deeper level than just, um, connecting with other people is healing. Mm -hmm. And right now we've got an anxiety crisis rampant. I mean, it is the pandemic beside the pandemic. Right. And so we've got people that are more anxious than they've ever been of all ages. And so everybody's trying to figure out why and what to do. And I would say loneliness is a huge reason for it. Isolation is what they do to prisoners. They put them in solitary. That is how they torture people. So we've been in it. <laughs> like yeah. we've been in isolation for, which is torture for a long time. So, um, this is, this is a pretty serious problem. It's not a small thing, but deeper than just desiring the connection, which we all do. There's also healing that happens and that anxiety that we want to go away. It's interesting. The science says that your, your pathways, your neuro pathways, when you share a problem with someone in real life, not on zoom, not on a phone, not. And again, all that's fine. If it's all you've got, but even better face-to-face -face, in person and you see their empathy and you see them lean towards you. I mean, right now, two of my friends are here just hanging out. And the reason they're here hanging out with me, they brought me a smoothie is because I told both of them yesterday that I was going through a hard time, that, that one of my relatives just died, that my sister's baby is struggling, that I've got a lot of pressure with everything going on. I, I shared some of that. Well, they prayed for me. They've shown up for me. It's totally uncomfortable. I'm sitting here. They're sitting beside me. Watching. They're, they're kicking their legs and, and waving right now. But, but it's part of the gift of like me saying, Hey, I need help. Like I'm not doing well. 
And it's not easy to say that. Like, I don't like to say that. And I don't immediately see the purpose in it. But then they show up with a smoothie and then they're praying. And then my day feels lighter. Like yesterday, I genuinely felt like I don't think I can do the next three weeks of my life. Like I, in my head, I knew I would somehow, I knew I would get through it. But yesterday it felt so dark and I was crying and I felt, and there's other things going on besides what I named. And I felt like I'm drowning and today I'm okay. And part of that is the Lord. And part of that is my people. And they're praying for me and they're encouraging me. There's a scripture that says, encourage each other as long as it is called today. So you are not hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Well, encourage is to give courage. It's not just to compliment someone, although that might be part of it, but it's to bring them a smoothie. It's to show up. It's to say, you can do this. I believe in you. It is to pray for them. It is to be beside them. It is deeper than just a compliment. It is, I will help bring you courage when you don't have it. So that, what? We don't get hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So you can do this alone, but you're going to end up a jerk. Like Mm. people that live alone aren't nice. I mean, they're just not. We get hardened by sin's deceitfulness when we are not in community. Community softens and tender, it tenderizes our heart and our soul. It makes us more open to God, to scripture. People encouraging me and reminding me of, of the truth of God causes my heart to soften and not grow bitter and angry and cynical and all the things that I would become if I didn't have that courage being put into me on a regular basis. And so it's so much deeper than just we crave it. It's wow. it's true how we become who God means us to become. Oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for just like your vulnerability, because I think a lot of people look up to you. And I mean, I look up to you, but all these people in social media, they, they don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And for you to be like, hey, I'm going through X, Y, and Z and this, and I cried the other day and whatever, like that is really humbling and just you, you're full of humility. And I think that's just super important. And especially when you're going to have community, like you have to learn to lead with humbleness and humility yeah. because you, you can't grow otherwise. And you can't really let people in if you're just, you're not willing to like lower those barriers um and so yeah there's so many good things you're saying in there and obviously like I don't want to give away like obviously what your book is talking about but what are you what are your answers or solutions to people that are like okay I'm going through all that but now what what do I do I'm struggling like you make it sound like it's so easy but it's not oh and I mean that is probably I hope the the surprising tender part of the book is is I I don't ever want it to feel like I think it's easy because it's not. And I think there's so much stacked against it. We've got our culture that's built on individualism and isolation. We've got, and even praising that, that you don't need people. That's a good thing in our society. Um, We've got then the enemy that hates it because God created it and it's meant for our good. And so, and it's meant to be the way we accomplish the purposes that he has for us. So we've got a devil that's fighting us every step of the way. And if we ever get it, he's putting doubt and fear and and rejection and all these things in, in our head that we think, oh, like I, this isn't as good as I thought, or they're disappointing to me or they hurt me. So that's happening. And then you've also just got the reality of people are sinners and jerks sometime. And like, how do you do this with people that are disappointing? And the reality is you're disappointing too. And I'm disappointing, right? Mm-hmm. We're all, we're all doing this with broken people. And so there's a lot stacked against it. And yet I would just say, so no, it's not easy. But my hope is through this that people would read it and and be inspired and say, no, it's not easy, but I got to have it. 
And I'm done waiting for it to find me. I'm going to go build it because we have more power than we think. I mean, I think of First Timothy where it says we are, we are not given a spirit of fear. So all those things are kind of daunting, but we're not given a spirit of fear. We're given a spirit of power through the Holy Spirit, of love that we are meant to go give away to other people, and of self-discipline, meaning volition. We have volition to decide to initiate with people. You do not have to wait for other people to do this for you. You get to make a phone call, do a text, invite someone to coffee, have friends over for a night by your fire pit that's $49.99 on Amazon. It's not expensive. You need to have a place where people can come together. And you can do this, but you have to choose to do it. And that's the power that God's given us is to be the people that create these spaces. We all want to be invited to spaces like this, but we don't want to go to the trouble of creating them. And what I am saying is my hope is every person that reads this book, everybody listening right now would become an initiator. And if enough of us become initiators that don't fatigue of initiating, or even if we do, we keep doing it because that's what Jesus does. It's who he was. If you think about who he walked into little villages and, and who he was, he would like call people to this over and over again. Like Zacchaeus was in a tree, most unlikely human. And he doesn't only initiate towards him and say, hey, let's have a meal together. He says, we're going to go to your house, Zacchaeus. You're going to feed all of my people. <laughs> and so he imposes like a party on him. And then you know, isn't worried about it. Like, he's like, no, like we're going to spend time together and you're going to bring the food. And I just think there's something about the way Jesus did it. That was not just creating experiences that we all know or have heard of, but also an example. Like, this is how you do it. This is how you pursue people. This is how you look them in the eyes and say, what do you need? How do I help you? We use our words. We talk about things that are real. We actually fight for each other. We don't just let people be sick and suffering beside us and not say, hey, how can I help? And so there's this sense of initiation that that if you want this in your life, you have to pursue. Mm, that is amazing. And I, I think that totally like leads exactly to my next question because I think, you know, a lot of people are like, my friend group sucks. My friend group sucks. Like my friends aren't calling me higher. And you basically you're like, okay, then be the person. Like, and I said this too. I'm like, if you don't have any like good friends and be a good friend to someone else. But what would you say to someone? Cause my audience is a little bit younger. Maybe they're in college and yep. they're in a friend group that isn't calling them higher. That isn't leading them to Christ. Should they ditch those friends and get new ones? Or did they be the change in the friend group that they want to see? I would say sit your people down and say, we're going to read this book together. Because what I do is I build a way, patterns to live by that can change that. But I don't think it's realistic to try to find perfect friends. But certainly there's at times toxic people that you do need healthy boundaries with. But candidly, I think it's possible if people love God and they have the spirit, I think it's possible for people to change and to build a new way to do it. And, and my hope for this project was that groups of friends would gather around it and they would realize, hey, you are my people, but we haven't been doing this right or well. So let's do it better and let's do it together. It's not necessarily that everybody has to go and make new friends or find their people from scratch, but hopefully a lot of people already have maybe potential people and maybe it's not perfect, but they could work together and go, you know what, let's let me bring the hard conversations, which need to happen. Um, Cause I don't expect college girls to know how to do this because I was in my forties and I was just figuring out how to do this. And I still feel like I'm mm -hmm. learning how to do this. You know, we never got the first grade tutorial. We never got the class that was like, here's how you be a good friend. Here's how you resolve conflict. Here's how you forgive each other and walk in grace. Like nobody ever really taught us that we got little 
statements along the way, like, oh, share your toys or, or work on, you know, forgive your friend or brother, but we really never learn the principles of how to actually do it. And yeah. so my hope is you don't give up on your people, but you say, hey, you invite them and say, hey, how could we do this better? And how could we do this in a deeper way? Mm, that's really good. It's basically just being the change that you want to see. And I think yeah. that's what, like, culture is so, like, I mean, if you go, if you scroll in TikTok, you just hear all these people being like, get rid of anything that doesn't serve you, and toxic people, get rid of them, and da, da, da. It's like what you were saying, yeah, you want to have some boundaries, but sometimes it's like, you you can be the change, like, you can fix it instead of enabling it more and just tossing people left and right, because I don't think that Jesus would have done that. Like, he would have spoke to people in truth and love and helped them, and I think that's basically oh. what you're saying. I do. I think we toss people too quickly mm -hmm. because it's hard to get to a stage. In fact, science would say it's 200 hours for somebody to go from an acquaintance to a close friend. Well, those 200 hours take a lot of time to build. And so to just throw away a friendship because there's conflict would mean you have to restart often because you're going to have conflict. Relationships are hard. They're messy. Expect it. Don't be surprised by it. And what God's given us in the gospel is the power to forgive and the power to work through things. And so it's not easy. It's not as simple as like, oh, I forgive you. It's working through it and, and being known and seen and understood and knowing and seeing and understanding and, and at times bringing in a third party. But it's possible because of the gospel. And so my thing is, if I tell my kids, I'm like, you don't even know if somebody's a good friend until you've had a good fight. Because mm -hmm. then you know you can go through conflict, get to the other side, and make it through that. And then, you know, if it comes up again, you'll make it through it. So then, you know, you've got a really long-term friend on your, in your corner, if you can get through a conflict. So I always say, look for a conflict. Don't be afraid of it. Lean into it and always choose it and work through it. Don't bail on a friendship because it's hard. Mm, that's good. And I think that that even makes me think, you know, what JP always says that like friends are training for like marriage in the same sense. Like, that is what you're going to deal with in marriage. Like, it's not going to be roses and daisies. And even what you said earlier, like, don't live alone because that's training you for, like, selfishness and all this stuff. And I think that's so, so true. And so community is refinement for marriage, it seems. And I think that's something I found in my own life. Not that I'm married. You're, you're married. But would you say that's true? Oh, yeah. And I think it's vice versa, too, right? You learn to live with someone and to work through things, and you know you can. But certainly we are in a disposable culture where if something's not working for us, we throw it out. So there's got to be a recommitment to God has placed people in your life and they're going to make you better. Hopefully their goal is to make you more holy and like God. Well, that's a messy, hard process. Like that never looks good and that never is easy. So the fact that that's the goal, then you need to expect it to be difficult. Marriage is difficult. It makes you better. It should. It makes you more holy. Now, what that looks like is not a little Bible study together that you do together. It's a good stinking fight where you see your pride and you have to deal with it and you have to confess and you have to repent. You have to forgive. And you that's what it looks like. And it's just a mess. And so yeah. just to expect it to be messy, friendships, marriage, all of it is, is I think where we've gone wrong. We have not, we've, we've built a world where all of that is the goal. And this, this little group of friends that has these cute supper parties together and, and goes out and like, looks so cute like that's the goal when reality is no like a really hard fight is actually what the bible says is a good friend admonish one another it says mm. and to forgive one another that it assumes you're going to need to do that so i think those those scriptures are built as more of a framework for a messy relationship than it is a picture of these perfect fun healthy easy relationships mm, that's good and it's pr that's pretty counter culture what you just said you don't you don't see that advice trending anywhere <laughs> so i like that you said that 
Um, okay, so earlier you said that you were like, I'm 40 and I'm still figuring out this community thing. So I wanted to ask you, like, what does community look like for you? Do you believe in the concept of quality of friends over quantity of friends? And like, how does that look like for you? Like, how many close friends do you have? Who's pouring into you? That whole thing. Oh, yeah. So just what we know is that the research says we have the capacity for two to five daily friends that come in and out of your life on a regular basis to know what's going on with them and and for them to know what's going on with you. And then bigger than that, we, you know, there's about 15 that we have a little bit more uh, margin for just not quite as much time, maybe weekly. And then we've got a village, which is about 50 that we have margin to kind of take a casserole. If you find out their mom just died, like we have that ability to kind of keep up with about 50 people, but our max is 150, as I mentioned. So we've got a, a capacity as a human. And so I think it's important to know you've got an inner circle that really keeps up with with what's going on. That's two to five people. Uh, and then, and I would say what it looks like for me is being really intentional with a few people, but also noticing who I'm around on a regular basis. So that 50 for me is really important too. It's not just the two to five. I love the two to five and they're in my life a lot um, right now. Um, but I would say the 50 I is all down the hall. Like I've got a lot of people in that 50 that I work with, that I'm at church with, that I'm, my kids are doing sports with. And that 50 is also important. And I think because we've skipped over the 50, we, we, we don't notice the people in our everyday lives that are right in front of us. Then we never get to the two to five because we're like expecting that to just come out of thin air when mm -hmm. it was to be out of a village that, that those two to five appear. And so I'm someone who's a fan of the 50 and a fan of the two to five. You do both but you be intentional that they're different and you invest in them differently, but you still need both. I think to survive, it's the way we were built. And out of those two to five or the 50, who of those people are the ones that are calling you out or correcting you or, you know, who are you really going to, is it your two to five people? Yeah. So I would say in the 15, there's several different types of people in that. So my husband is certainly one that we, you know him well, <laughs> he's not afraid to say that. anything. He'll call you out. Um, the other one um, I would say that matters is we have a small group of people that we're really accountable to. So this last week, we put all of our finances on a piece of paper, including numbers, what we've given, um, our, any debt that we have, any um, money, the income that's come in, discretionary spending. I mean, we have budget line items. They see how much we spend on everything. And so we present that to our group and they we talk about it. And it's so powerful. I never would have dreamt that that would ever be a good thing. I, I, yeah. I thought that sounded terrifying, but those kind of conversations are just so good. And I've actually learned to look forward to them because we get to really look at our lives because how you spend your money is kind of how you spend your lives. And so yeah. we get to analyze, like, are we, are we really making choices that are pleasing to God? And we get to do that with people that are close to us. So I've got my small group that we go to places like that. And we talk about um, what's going on. And then I have other friends that are in that same kind of category where we really share what is, you know, when the blank hits the fan, you know, we're, <laughs> we're in each other's lives and we're saying things and we're comforting each other. And, you know, these girls that are in the room with, we, we will get away for a night and, and share life together. So I think just those people that you've got in your corner that, you know, okay, I'm going to pursue them and and not pursue everybody in the same way and then you don't have anyone right because you don't have time you've got a capacity problem you've got to pick mm -hmm. a few and and then those have got to be the people you really share life with mm, that's good 
The money part sounds scary, but I could see how that'd be beneficial. <laughs> okay, two last questions before we go. Um, one of them is actually from a follower. So my followers get to submit questions. They were really excited to send some in to you. I'm just going to do one. And Jenny, if you don't want to answer this, just let me know and I can ask you a different one. Um, okay, so Ford Ever 12 says, what are some challenges you have faced as a woman leading ministry? Oh, gosh, I've had lots of challenges. I would say probably the hardest one is coping with pressure and figuring out how to take that to the Lord and not let it crush me. I think there is a reality to leading, whether you're leading 10 people or you're leading thousands, that is hard and heavy. And I think there's, you know, it says, Jesus says, my burden is easy and or my burden is my burden is light and my yoke is easy. Well, yes. And so learning to be in that posture with God and trust him to accomplish what, what I need done in a day and what I need for him to bring is probably the hardest part daily of leading is just not spiraling because I don't have what I need to do this job because I don't. And living in that tension of not having what I need and knowing God has to supply it. Like right now, for example, I, I need some clear vision on a, on a situation and I don't have it and it's not obvious and I'm begging God for it and he just hadn't given it yet. Mm. And a lot of people depend on that and I don't want to just make something up. I want him to, to show me what to do. And so I think that waiting on him and trusting him to provide when it's time and, and the the stress that I could feel on the in-between or the, or the faith I could grow in and, and feel instead of, or choose, I should say, that's the tension is just, am I going to choose faith or am I going to feel anxiety? And I think that's, you know, that's all of our struggles every day. Dang. That's good. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I can actually relate to that in some senses. (laughs) Um, Okay. The last question that I ask every single one of my guests is what makes you happy and healthy? People. <laughs> yes. That's the right answer today with the theme of the book. I It's people and I mean it. I mean, I'm going to get it. They brought me a smoothie. I'm going to get off this and I'm going to go sit with my friends and I'm going to smile and I'm going to laugh and I'm going to feel full by just being with them for a moment. And, you know, they brought me a smoothie to boot. So I certainly am going to feel healthy. It's green. <laughs> <laughs> it looked very green. I was like, does that thing taste yeah. good? <laughs> That's awesome. Great answer. Um, okay. Awesome. Well, Jenny, thank you so much. I'm super excited for your book. Can you let everyone know when it's available, where they can purchase it and all that stuff? Yes. Crazy enough. 2-22-22 is the release date. And so that's coming up and it is yeah available anywhere. And you can go to Jenny Allen, J-E-N-N-I-E-A-L-L-E-N.com. And it, I link to everything. Yeah. I'm so excited. I think this book is absolutely crucial for today so guys go check it out jenny you're the best one more thing thing, because you have college students if gathering is march 4th and 5th and for college students it's free um for everybody else it's not expensive but you need to go there and sign up and it's basically a gathering of women all over the world digitally bringing their people together and connecting with each other and connecting with god and it's some of the best speakers in the world it's like passion for women all ages so yeah i will be there I know. I think Maddie and I will both be there. So yeah, you guys definitely check it out for sure. Yeah, we'll be there. All right, Jenny, I love you so much. You're the best. Thank you for just sharing your wisdom and your heart. And I know people are going to be blessed by this. So have a good day. Drink that smoothie and hang out with the girls. And I will hopefully see you soon. Thank you for being on Happy and Healthy. Love you, friend. All right. Have a good one. Bye. 
All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Um, for real, when I listen to Jenny speak, I'm just like flabbergasted. She is so well-spoken. It's so eloquent and so wise. And I really hope you guys got something out of that. Um, don't forget to check out her book, Find Your People. It's out on February 22nd. That is in five days. We're filming this on the 17th, so it's coming out. So it'll probably already be out by the time you guys listen to this episode. Jenny is amazing. I really think this episode is beneficial, and I hope you guys found some, you know, encouragement from it, that you're not alone, you're not fighting alone, but there is hope. So make sure you guys check out her book and her Instagram, and thank you guys for submitting questions. So if you guys don't know, um, I now feature y'all's questions in uh, my podcast, so you guys have the chance to ask one of my hosts, or one, sorry, one of my guests, a question, so make sure you guys follow my Instagram, Happy and Healthy Podcast, to submit questions. We post these before interviewing the guests so that you have a chance to submit a good question, so thank you guys for submitting really good questions. Um, I hope that was helpful and encouraging to hear. And I love y'all. I will see you next Tuesday for another episode of Happy and Healthy. Until then, stay happy and healthy. Bye, guys. See you next week. Bye.